Hey guys, this is Kayla with the 52 Reasons Podcast. Welcome to episode 19, where we chat with Scholar Match. Welcome to the 52 Reasons Podcast, helping spark positive change one week and one cause at a time. Here's Kayla. In this week's episode, we chat with Diana and Piper from Scholar Match. The Scholar Match model champions low-income and first-generation students in three critical areas, navigating the college admissions process, paying for school, and creating a support system in college. Piper and Diana are going to share more about each one of these areas. Scholar Match is the only major nonprofit that combines a crowdfunded scholarship platform with game-changing college access and career support for low-income youth. The typical student comes from a family earning less than $25,000 per year and attends a high school with just one counselor per 500 to 800 students. Please join me for this great conversation with Diana and Piper. Hey, Diana and Piper, we're so excited to have you join us on this episode of the 52 Reasons podcast. We're thrilled to learn more about Scholar Match and especially connect our listeners to your awesome work. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So to kick things off, we'd love to hear more about Scholar Match. Specifically, if you could tell us about the people you work with and the work you guys do on a daily basis. Absolutely. So I can give you a little bit about uh, background on the organization, and then I can let Piper tell you a little bit more about the work on a daily basis. So Scholar Match actually started in 2010 by author Dave Eggers, and the idea back then was that the college access problem for students was really just about money. And so we needed a way to help low-income students access funds to go to college. And he thought, what better way to do that than to provide a platform for them to tell their story and allow individuals from the communities to raise their hand and give some financial support to these students in the form of a scholarship and help them get through school. So when it started back in 2010, it really was just a crowdfunding platform similar to the you know, multitude of crowdfunding platforms that are around today, except they didn't exist back then. And in fact, in our early literature, we didn't even use the word crowdfunding because people didn't know what it meant. Um, and then over the years, we have learned that money is definitely part of the equation that students need to figure out to get through school. But much more than that, they need support services and they need people along the way to help them. And so that is the organization that we have grown into. And so now we support students from the point of their application in high school to going to college all the way through to college graduation. Yeah, and in terms of what our day-to-day looks like, so much of our um, in-center programming is um, really centered around supporting students one-on-one. So we have trained staff and also trained volunteers that coach students, sometimes as young as middle school, to be exposed to college options. Um, The majority of our students are juniors and seniors. So we do a lot of exciting workshops, um, help them with all things college admissions from um, editing personal statement essays to exposing them to colleges they've never heard of to analyzing financial aid award letters. Um, And then we also support students through to college graduation. Um, with advising as well. Wow, it must be so rewarding. If you could, maybe both of you could just share one of your favorite success stories then of your organization. And by the sounds of it, there's probably a lot of them. 
Sure. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll go first. So my favorite success story is actually, um, when we hired two of our students, which happened last year. Mm-hmm. So when I started working for the organization in 2011 and our, in, at the time, our class of students who were high school seniors in that year just graduated college last year. And we had the amazing opportunity to be growing our team at that point, uh, thanks to some new funding from some community foundations. And because we worked so closely with the students all throughout college, we knew what their career aspirations were. And we had a couple of students who were really looking to go into nonprofit work and wanted to give back to the communities that they came from. And so it was such a natural fit to hire those students. And so it's pretty amazing because they've only been on staff now for about a year, but we've known them since they were in high school. That's so cool. Um, My favorite story um, that I always use is a senior student that we supported last year who went to Mission High School, which is just just down the street from our office. Um, And she started coming in during the fall. She was really confused, really shy, and really uncertain of her college options um, as an undocumented student here. Um, But we exposed her to a lot of amazing schools, um, and she really had her heart set on um, a private school in Ohio, um, where she just heard wonderful things about it. She was really interested in, like, small liberal arts environment. She really wanted to leave California, but was really scared and um, hesitant, anxious, just thinking, like, how can I possibly get funding when I don't, when I can't qualify for, for federal aid um, outside of state? So all through the spring semester, she came in literally probably four out of the five days that we are open every week to work after school on scholarship applications. I must have read through 20 different versions of scholarship essays, um, and her persistence was just so amazing. Um, And by the end of the spring, she started getting all of her her, uh, answers back from scholarship organizations, and she wasn't a perfect student. She didn't have a perfect 4.0 GPA, but I think her story was just so compelling. Um, her p- persistence was so obvious that she kept winning them, all of them. And so we also support her with our scholarship, but now she's a student who pretty much has a full ride um, at an out-of-state school where she could receive no federal funding and no um, federal loans. Um, wow. So it's just it's amazing. Now she's in Ohio as a freshman. That is super. That is awesome. On the flip yeah. side, what have been some of the challenges that Scholar Match has faced? Oh, well, there's so many. I think they change every year, but there's no shortage of challenges. In the early days, uh, funding funding's always a problem, but it was a more acute problem early on as you're trying to really build a base of support. And as a young organization, you don't have a lot of data or, you know, you don't have years of outcomes to point to say, oh, we know we're doing something right because you're just starting out. And it it can sometimes be hard to get that funding in place initially. Uh, So I would say that was our our biggest challenge as we first started. And now we're in a different situation where we are responding to a lot of student need. And so we're growing pretty rapidly. And again, it kind of comes down to just meeting more boots on the ground and more dollars to support 
all of the fun, all of the need that we want to meet with our students. So just out of curiosity, what is uh, your geographic footprint of your work? Are are you focused solely in California or are you focused beyond? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So on the high school side of our work, we have two components. There's a virtual component and an in-person component. So the in-person work where students like the one Piper just told the story about who's dropping into our center and she's, we're seeing her every day. Um, those students are coming from a footprint that's very local to our office in San Francisco. So it's different parts of the city. We serve about 22 different high schools um, across the city, but they are students that can physically get here. The other program, which is also one that Piper works really closely with, is our virtual uh, component of that same work where we are providing college guidance for high school seniors that is, they're again matched one-on-one, but they're not, um, it's not delivered in person. So it's all delivered via the internet, phone, video calls, emails, that kind of thing. And so those students are drawn from all across the country. And we're serving 250 students this year that way, and they literally span coast to coast. On the college side, um, it's mainly students who are from California who come into the college program and then we're supporting them through graduation, but they could be attending school anywhere. So again, as the student at Piper just illustrated, she's going to school in Ohio. So we do have our college students scattered throughout the country, but a large concentration of them are in California. Okay. Thank you. If you were to fast forward 20 years or to, if you were able to look into a crystal ball, what has scholar matched accomplished looking forward? Oh, man, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have an answer? <laughs> um, I would imagine that our virtual reach would have would expand significantly in 20 years. I would hope that, you know, this year, Diana mentioned we're serving 250 students virtually, but obviously there's so much need throughout the country, particularly in more rural areas. Um, so I would hope that that we have, um, yeah, that we're just expanding that reach significantly um, and maybe becoming a little bit more national and focused in that way. What is a typical student, yeah. what is a typical high school student that you work with look like? What is their background? Are, you know, if you could maybe speak more to are are these first time, you know, first yeah, in their family mm-hmm. to go to college? Are they, you know, what what's their story? Yeah. yeah, so their story is generally that they are curious about college or maybe they definitely want to go and they know they want to go, but they're somewhere in that spectrum. Um, yet they don't have any guidance or support usually in their life around them. So in California, the typical ratio of students to guidance counselors is 900 to 1. So we see that there's not um, enough bandwidth at the high school level to provide really good individualized college counseling. So most of the time, the students need to get it from another organization or from someone in their family or at home. And so our typical student, they're coming from a household where that knowledge isn't generally found in their household, and so they're seeking it elsewhere, and that's how they find us. And we do outreach to the high schools and in other ways as well, and we try to really make it known that we have this free service for them to come and drop in and opt into our programs and potentially then become a scholarship recipient and follow us 
into the into the college program. So I would say our bread and butter is really the student who wants to go to college and doesn't know how to get there and just needs a little bit of a nudge. If you were to um, quantify, I guess, what type of support does Scholar Match need the most right now? Um, I think we, you know, it, it depends on the program. So we have three different programs that we have. We have a, the in-person high school program, the virtual college program, and then, uh, sorry, the in-person high school program, the virtual high school program, and then our college program. And they all have different needs. So on the virtual side, it's definitely a need for volunteers. So that program is, um, I, I'll let Piper see more about the volunteer needs, but it's basically a very high-impact program that has a ton of potential, and the only thing that's restricting, restricting its scale to grow is the ability to find qualified volunteers that want to work with students. So I would say that's definitely the need there. Um, and then on the other two programs, it's probably finding stable funding sources that allow us to continue to grow to meet students' needs because we're we're continually having our staff stretched very thin and everybody has caseloads that are a little bit higher than what they should be and jobs that they have to do that kind of creep outside of their job descriptions a little bit because we don't have any extra hands on deck. So I think it would be personnel on that. On, on that side. Piper, do you want to talk a little bit about the volunteers? Yeah. Yeah. So our virtual program pairs um, high school seniors um, with a trained volunteer college coach who we train pretty extensively and provide support throughout the year. Um, so that, that volunteer just needs to be a college graduate themselves. We have, we, this year we've had a really wide range of people with different backgrounds, um, backgrounds and experiences some who might be former college counselors um, or people who've worked in education, um, educational roles, but also some people that are just who work at, um, you know, tech companies downtown in San Francisco, but people who've been through the college experience themselves who can um, kind of provide that, um, that insight to students who are applying. So our volunteers work with students throughout the college application process just like I mentioned before, uh, what we do in center. So they edit essays, they help their student craft their college list and think about what type of college they might want to attend, and they help them understand their financial aid award letters and look for scholarships and all of that. So it's a one-to-one or one-to-two relationship, meaning that volunteers work with only one or two students throughout the year. And it's really not, it's a lot of, of work in terms of um, you know, there's a lot of training topics that we cover, but in terms of month to month, it's really just a few hours of encouragement, assistance, information um, that they're providing, just, you know, nudges to remember deadlines, um, an essay review, et cetera. Um, but it's really, really impactful and really important for our students. We're really looking to, um, we're, we're just kicking off our recruitment for volunteers for next year. And we're hoping to have a lot of interest. Perfect. Well, we'll be sure to help promote that as well and hopefully tie many of our listeners um, for their chance to volunteer with you guys as well. What would you what would you guys like people to know regarding where a financial donation to Scholar Match goes and what that donation can do? 
Sure, that's a great question. So I think there's a couple different things. When people give financially, we ask them, we have three options for how to earmark it. They can either earmark it for a student scholarship or general program support or for whatever the greatest need is at that time. Um, so if it's a scholarship, then it's going directly to a student. And what that means is we evaluate all of our student financial aid packages, we, and then we look for what we call the gap, meaning what's the cost for them to go to school minus all of the gift aid that they're getting, so grants, other scholarships, that kind of thing, and what is the number left at the end. And all of our students contribute $3,500 a year of their own um, income, whether it be through loans or getting a job or saving up money over the summer or whatever, but they contribute at least that much, and then we look to fill the rest. And so generally for students, what's left at that point is somewhere between a $500 to $6,000 annual gap. So our scholarships range from there. So any sort of donation that's for a scholarship will go to a particular student, and the donor actually will be matched with that student, and they'll receive letters twice a year from the student so that they can learn who they're supporting and how they're doing in school. And if they choose to continue supporting them, they can actually continue to build that relationship while they're in college. Um, if they choose to donate for program support, then it's going to underwrite the cost of all the free programming that we're giving to the students on the high school side. So the program that Piper was talking about, our in-person services, all of the cost for running that and keeping it free for students is where program donations go. The legitimate site and where should I go to look for this piece of information versus that. And so we're hoping to have our site become somewhat of a clearinghouse for those resources. So I think number one, we hope that people can refer students to our website because it's going to be a great resource for students. It already is that, but it's going to be redesigned to be even more student-friendly. Um, and just to give you an example of the kinds of resources that we have, one of them is a tool that we built called the Scholar Matcher. And this is a tool that analyzes college data of over 1,400 schools in the U.S. And it's analyzing about 45 data points per school to identify which schools are giving students the best opportunities. And it gives them a score. So at the end of the day, each of these schools has a score in a few different areas, and those get averaged together to have a GPA. So similar to how you know, students apply to school with their own GPA, all of these schools are essentially rated on that same scale. And then students can go online and search what the school's GPA is. And it's surprising because sometimes, you know, there are schools at the top of the list that have very high GPAs that are not surprising, but there are many schools out there that offer very generous financial aid for low-income students that are not as difficult to get into as the top schools that everybody has heard of. And they're amazing institutions for these students, but they've never heard of them because they're not near their house and because these students aren't necessarily coming from families that have the ability to do, you know, a college search their junior year and go visit a lot of schools. So I think for folks looking to help, it's letting students know that they do have a choice and they should take the process seriously and figure out who in their world might be able to help them with that process? And if there is nobody, sending them to our website because there's lots of tools there that they could use even on their own. Awesome. If you were to give listeners two actions that they should take away from this in closing, what, what would those two actions be? Piper, which one do you want to get on? Yeah, I can, I can go because I think, you know, what I mentioned before for listeners um, who've been through the college process themselves, 
considering potentially being a virtual um, college coach for one of our, um, you know, incoming high school seniors. It's a really impactful um, way to give back and to really influence the trajectory of a student's life in a way. Um, but really with not, with not uh, a super heavy time commitment. And so whether that's, you know, a listener themselves or just referring a friend or family member or coworker or something that they think might be interested, um, we would immensely appreciate that. Yeah, and I'll add on to that, that I think another way, a really important action item is supporting student scholarships and mentoring at college. So I'm kind of squeezing into with one. <laughs> but um, what we have seen on the college side is that frequently it's only a couple thousand dollars that keeps a student out of college. It's not 30000 You know, they'll get financial aid and get them most of the way there. It really is that last little amount of cash that is is – when you look at the return of a college degree, it's kind of an insignificant amount, but at that point in a student's life, it's insurmountable. So people who can contribute even small amounts of money, $50, $100, towards those scholarships, it really does make a, a tangible difference in these students' lives. And then piggybacking off of that, once they're matched to the student, there's lots of opportunities for increasing that relationship into more of a mentorship. And students really do need to help um, help building their networks as they go through college and getting exposure to other career paths and what goes beyond college and just kind of learning from those who went before them. So I think it's a great way to use your own experience and really help shape someone that's coming up behind you. I am so excited to have been able to talk with you guys today. I want to thank both of you for your time, all that you're doing for so many students across the country. And I can't wait to share this episode with our listeners in hopes of helping plug them into Scholar Match. Great. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you so much for joining Diana, Piper, and I as we chatted about Scholar Match. You can check out Scholar Match at www.scholarmatch.org or visit 52reasons.org. That's 52reasons.org for the complete and comprehensive show notes. We can't wait to share another organization with you next time as you work to make a difference in your neighborhood and across the country.